welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox podcast, tools to help you with everyday caregiving. My name is Ryan McKenneth, the owner of Men and Women Home Care, and today we're talking about, are you authorized to represent a parent? Hello everybody and welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving where we give tips, tricks, and educational information regarding caregiving and the senior care industry. And in episode nine today, we're going to be talking about, are you authorized to represent your loved one? My name is Ryan McKenna, and I'm here with Janet, and we'll get right into it, Janet. What do we need to keep in mind, and what do you mean by, are we authorized to represent a loved one? Well, I think there are a lot of times when, um, for your mother or your father, you may want to get information um, for them, you want to get a test back, you, you want to try and figure out a Medicare bill or anything along those lines. And there are protections so that not everybody can have access to your personal information. And I think on the, the medical side, uh, one thing that a lot of people have heard of is HIPAA. And what HIPAA means is it's health Information and Accountability Act is what it means. And it's basically designed to um, protect your medical information from being in the hands of anybody that's not authorized to have it. And where it can play a role in our world with um, home care or with a hospital or assisted living is you, um, you as an individual have a right to say who has access to your information. You can't just decide that all your kids can talk to the doctor. The doctor can't accept that. There's a little piece of paper that is a HIPAA consent form. And I think where we run into it is you've got uh, one or two siblings that are handling mom or dad's case, and then we get a call from a family member on the West Coast, and they want to know why we can't explain some details to them. Well, mom or dad don't have them as a HIPAA contact. Uh, Where this can be um, an issue for a lot of family members, we had this happen just a couple weeks ago, where a husband, who it just never occurred to anybody, he is not listed as his wife's HIPAA contact. And they had transferred her from one hospital to another, and he was trying to find out where she was, and the hospital couldn't confirm whether he was there or not. And it was just because that simple statement wasn't in her medical record. Absolutely. So with that being said, what do we need to keep in mind when we're looking at this? Okay, the things that we want to know is with her medical record, who has permission to have access to the information? It should be more than one person. Um, often it's, it's a, a local family member, and then maybe it's a brother, a sister, somebody else. Uh, What I've done with my own family is even though my mom is my dad's and my dad is my mom's, I'm also the backup for both of them. So um, you want to think that through and you, you really don't want to be in the position I was in a number of years ago where we were filling out a form on the gurney in the emergency room because it's not a time you want to sit down and read the form. So it's just something you can get from any doctor's office and you can just fill it out and, and give, it to, um, give it to the doctor as part of the medical record. Absolutely. That's probably the, the biggest one, the easiest one. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's something that a lot of people just don't do or they don't have and 
causes quite a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, they think if they have can prove relationship, I'm I'm the husband, I'm the wife. That's not good enough. So they they don't go with that. Um, there are other documents that we could certainly get into more detail at another time, but like power of attorney, that um, is something that needs to be quote invoked, and uh, it means that the person can't handle the matters on their own. Um, and yet, something that I had learned is. If you wanted to um, deal with a social security question for your mom, for your dad, even if you're the power of attorney, social security doesn't recognize a power of attorney. They have their own little form that you have to have filled out, and they will make sure you are who you say you are before they'll work with you. So everybody's got a form, um, and it's good to know what they are and what you need it for. Absolutely. And so what are some of those um, other topics that that you kind of look at when it comes to representing a loved one? Well, other things are things like um, their driver's license. Um, You know, there there's a whole issue of when someone shouldn't be driving anymore. Um, You can't just take mom or dad's driver's license away from them. That's something that unless they voluntarily give it up, you have to go through a doctor. And you need to know that because that's a hard conversation for a lot of people. Things like car registrations, they just forget to renew them or whatever needs to be done. And you need to know what does the registry require for paperwork. Nine out of ten times, the best thing you can do is to have your parent with you so that they can at least acknowledge that you're acting on their behalf, but yeah, they're present. Absolutely. And and then kind of summarizing it up, well, not summarizing, excuse me, but what about banking? Because we kind of went over a few of these things before in the last episode, but banking we haven't really touched upon. So what do you think about banking and, and representing a parent for that? Banking, I think, is really tricky. And I've been trying to sort that out even with my own family. And because a lot of times in a family, you've got um, maybe two siblings. One's handling all the health care stuff and the other one's going to handle the finances. But you need to know what you have access to or and also what the consequences are to having access to that. And, um, you know, you I'm sure you've dealt with things with your dad in terms of, you know, do you do you, are you a cosigner on a, um, a bank account, a checking account? What what's the best thing to do? It can get very complicated because, like you said, it's um, <clears throat> when you're dealing with money, it always gets complicated quickly, right? <laughs> um, I know that when my mom passed away, my dad wanted me to be on all his bank accounts so that if he ever had a stroke or had something where he couldn't communicate his wishes, that I would be able to write checks on out of those accounts to pay for private home care or pay for whatever needed to get paid for. Um, But because of the position I'm in with owning a business that was advised against because those kind of became my assets with my name on them. And then all of a sudden, if I ever got sued or something bad happened, those were those were assets that could be um, gone after. So that is what our tax tax account accountant um, said, not tax account, our accountant said about that. So when, when you deal with banking, you really need to talk about it, talk to an accountant. Um, but, you know, I would think that at a, a <clears throat> bare minimum, you would want at least one shared account between you and your parent that had a certain amount of money in it, whether that was hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, or tens of thousands of dollars, that you would be able to write 
um, checks out of in case something bad happened and the house needed to still get paid, electricity still needed to be put on, private home care or assisted living needed to be paid for until you could sort out the rest of the estate at a later time, three to six months down the road, but you had at least some money, a slush fund, if you will, to be able to get through an emergency. Yeah, that that's a good point. I know that, um, you know, there are folks that don't have anything set up and then um, a parent dies. And if you're in the land of probate, you can't even... You know, maybe your your dad passes away and your your mom is still there but isn't one to pay the bills. And if, if things aren't set up properly, then you you can't even write checks yep. to, to keep things afloat. Absolutely. And being in probate is no fun because as the family caregiver or the adult child, you are now getting the collection calls. You are now getting, you know finding out that you're the the one that's involved in this. Well, where's our money? Well, where's our money? What's going on? Um, Those are some of the issues. So if you can avoid probate and get that um, situation handled as soon as can be with an elder law attorney is who you'd want to go for that or a family law attorney, um, that's always advisable on my end because it makes um, the transition when somebody passes away a lot easier than getting hounded with a bunch of calls from American Express or whoever it might be saying, hey, we haven't got paid. We really need to talk here. So I would always recommend doing that, even though it's never fun talking about death. You know, they always say death and taxes. It's guaranteed. So at some point in time, it makes sense when somebody's still cognitively able to make their own decisions to sit down, do a will and and talk to an elder law specialist. Yeah, I, I remember a, a situation that was really rather sad that there was um, someone whose mother needed to go um, to an assisted living or have 24-hour care at home, and the money wasn't set up properly. And one of the sons said, okay, well, I'll pay the bills while we square this away. And then once it had gone into thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, his mother said, okay, so I will pay you back. And it was a, a family relative that sued him, saying, you don't have any right to that money. You can't prove that. So we'd all like to think we have nice, supportive families, but sometimes that can bring out the ugly side, too. And you can suddenly be in a lawsuit with uh, a relative, and you don't want to be there. It's Absolutely. Just... I don't think that will happen with me, though. I'm an only child. So so we always joke around, well, it's, it's, nobody else can sue me over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, I told my parents, we'll spend their, my inheritance before they go. Yeah, so I yeah. won't worry about it either. We'll go out in a blaze of having fun. <laughs> there so. you go. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Janet, for your insight. As always, this was Episode 9. Uh, are you authorized to represent your loved one? Thank you very much for listening to the Caregiver's Toolbox, Tools for Everyday Caregiving. Expecting an episode, another episode next Tuesday. And thank you all for listening. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Toolbox podcast, which is brought to you by Minute Women Home Care Services, located in Lexington, Massachusetts. Call us at 1-844-BEST-CARE if you have caregiving questions or needs. For comments regarding the podcast, find us on Twitter. Our handle is at MWHomeCare. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing from you.